Hi everyone and welcome to the Monkey Seat. We're back again with all the news and rumours surrounding all motorsport as we guide you through the easing of lockdown and back to real life. My name is Tom. And I'm Carl and we come together to entertain you with a weekly podcast while separated by the Irish Sea. This is a fully independent, advertisement-free podcast and is presented by two opinionated friends who like to put the world to rights. Feel free to get in touch with us on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook at Monkey Seat Pod. You can email us at monkeyseatpodcast at gmail.com. And as usual, you can find us at www.monkeyseatpod.com. And we'd like to welcome to the podcast the little titter that you might have heard just then, this week's pay driver. And it's a girl. Well, yeah. That that ain't no girl. That's my future wife. (laughs) Oh, well, the future Mrs. Tom, Emily. Welcome to the final. Well, who knows when the future Mrs. Tom will actually be at this rate. Yeah. We shall see whether September goes ahead and we'll see what happens. But um, yeah. it's all very exciting. Um, I'm still pissed off that the stag do isn't happening. Or, yeah, well, oh, it will happen at, at some point. I mean, at, the, at this rate, it's going to happen the day before the wedding, like the old times. Hopefully. And I will tie you to a lamppost. Um, <laughs> shave off my eyebrows. And send pictures. Shave off your eyebrows and then send pictures to Emily. And I'll probably be banned from the wedding. But yeah. that's not the point. Um, okay. So um, anyway, uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. And, it's a pleasure um, to be here. How's your How's all your week been? I, I've obviously just dropped on the the wedding thing, but are we all good? Yeah, yeah, yeah no fine. News. Really, just awaiting things to get better. Really, it's kind of well, just at that point where it seems like we should be back to normal and we're not, and it's very frustrating. But yeah, is, how, is, how was it in Ireland? Ireland, well, Ireland's back to normal um, ish. I mean, I'm going with work, I'm going to meetings across the other side of the country um, um, and, and bits and pieces going on here. Um, the face masks things, as like the UK, um, Kerry was clear for a very long time, and then all those stinking Dubliners turned up and. Uh, <laughs> turned up on their holiday homes down in Kerry and have brought their bloody COVID with them. Actually, it's oh. Cork lads that managed a party in Cork brought a load of COVID down here. I wish so, I knew some Dubliners songs I could have sung then. No, no, I know. Damn them Dubliners. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, everyone hates Dub anyway in Ireland. So, mm. um, Although I do, you know, I'm, I'm heading that way next week for work. You know so. what we say to the Dubliners? We say, <laughs> the Dubliners. <laughs> That was really slow. He's he's got a new toy, everyone. <laughs> Had to be done. Um, Sorry. Uh, anyway. Anyway, stop being back a geek. to. Well, yeah. I mean, don't ever stop being a geek. So, what news have we got? Let's start off. What news have we got? <laughs> yeah, that is Carl's son, Killian. He came on the podcast last week and just uh, uh, interrupted the uh, the podcast. And then when he went, he he just said night night, love you. So we thought we'd. Uh, save that as a little soundbite and stick it in the show every now and then so So, anyone who wanders that's what that is that's my little boy Killian um but anyway let's actually get on with some chat let's get on with do some some, let's do some f1 and news 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 Bottas has a new contract apparently it's not been officially confirmed but it's it's kind of been said that it's been agreed but not signed so um, it's kind of basically they've said that they they're keeping Bottas and Bottas has said he's staying. So well, yeah, um, and I mean, Bottas is proving himself at Austria with 
two very good racers. He's fast. He's he can drive. Okay, he's got the best car. No one's denying that. But I think he's he's done a good drive in the last two races. Um, he he obviously works well with Hamilton. There's no issues there, and Hamilton is a fiery beast. And whether you add someone else to that mix when you've got a safe bet in Bottas already, who seems a lot happier in himself this season. Obviously, last season he was going through a divorce that no one knew about. Um, but he's got a new girlfriend, new life. Yeah, cyclist, you know. an Olympic cyclist. I know. It's funny how women change us, isn't it, Tom? Yeah. You know, your house is slowly getting renovated. Yeah, lots of pink appearing in lots of different places. And, and I can and these, guarantee... These, these weird flowers keep cropping up <laughs> in places as well. I can guarantee if, if that was back to the lad pad of the the heyday, I'd like yeah. to call it. That would never happen. But, but that's the thing, is that, you know, for, for equality and everything, but, you know, bot, this new woman, I think, has really strengthened bot and has really helped him during lockdown with the racing and, and keeping fit. And I think that's a really interesting point to have. Um, that I think he... Well, he's definitely one of the fittest out of the whole track. Uh, yeah, well, he, the thing is, Bottas, he looks he looks quite chunky as a racer, doesn't he? He's quite sort mm. of... He's got a massive head. Um, and We can't change that, no matter how much dieting is going to not change the size of his head. You know, he looks stacked. He doesn't... You know, you look at Lando Norris and you think, you know, gust of wind will blow him over. But the fact is, he's got a lot of, you know, muscle mass and like 2% body fat or whatever. But Bottas... Like myself. Like his, yeah, of like course. Myself. Yeah. Yeah, no, you got two percent brain cells, um, <laughs> but Bottas looks like a chunkier driver. Um, so, yeah. but um, it obviously doesn't affect his racing ability because he's proven that he can match he can match Hamilton. Maybe not on a consistent basis over the course of a season, but this is why people have got a lot of hope for him this season, given the way the season is likely to pan out of quick fire races. If Hamilton gets in a slump, then Bottas can can uh, capitalise, but I just feel that it's probably more likely to go the other way. Oh, absolutely. I think Hamilton is is the better racer, the lighter racer in the right car, but I think Bottas is a good second, he's a good strong, and I am, uh, you know, early predictions, but I think he'll be second or third, at the, well, second in the championship. I don't think he's, he's even a, a thought about third. I think he's you know, he's, I think he's, he's, be, he has to be his know. target. Yeah. And he's leading at the moment, you know, after two races. Mm. Um, but that's because of the Hamilton's um, penalty. Well, yeah. I mean, Hamilton had a bad weekend and that's what he has to do. He has to capitalise yeah. on these bad weekends. What do um, you think, Emily? Um, I didn't think it was a surprise that Bottas is going to be staying at Mercedes at all. I think, as Carl said, he's proven himself over the last two races. And I don't know if he's necessarily been shown as a second. I think, as me and Tom were saying when we were watching the race at the weekend, actually it feels like Bottas and Hamilton are sort of being treated on level pegging at the moment, trying to see who's going to just pick up at each race. And I really don't think Bottas is being treated as a second as he may have done in previous seasons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I do agree. And, and you know, other podcasts and other people have said that it's squeaky bum time for Bottas. It always is. It's not. I think he's pretty safe. And if he's not safe there, he's got to drive somewhere else. Um, I think Red Bull, I think Racing Point would take him. Um, I think Renault 
from Verena Khan. I'm just trying to think who else. I mean, he's always for got me, ass. <laughs> for me, yeah. I mean, he's pretty much guaranteed he would still be in F1. Uh, yeah. Let's be honest, the, the the place that the person that's going to replace Bottas when he does go is most likely to be George Russell. And I'm sure Williams would welcome Bottas back with open arms. Yeah. So uh, whether he'd want to go back, I don't know. But um, it's just, the thing, it's just an, it's another year extension. It just seems to be that he's keeping that seat warm for George Russell. Uh, for when they eventually move him up, not to if it. Russell they... carries on as he did this weekend. Well, he had a really good he had a really good weekend. Yeah, one one error, but we'll get to that in the, in the... and then fucked it. Yeah, Absolutely. he had one error over the whole weekend, but he still came back and finished above his teammate. So, you know, I mean, that's less, not hard. Less said about the TV, the better. But we'll move on to that. We'll cover that in my... the race review yeah. anyway. I have a lot to say about him. My yeah. dog, my dog could do better than Latifi. That's. <laughs> And I've he's seen your nutter. dog. That's that's a bit harsh yeah. on, on, on Jack. He could do a lot better. <laughs> um, yeah. So so the question is, do we think it's true? I think that's probably unanimous. Yes. Yeah. From I think us. It's, it, yeah. it's it's it seems to be coming out of uh, in the same the same sources that were reporting that Vettel was leaving Ferrari when we had that lovely news day where it came out right just we were about to start recording. Yeah. Um, it's it, they're coming at the same sources as there. Um, and very reputable places. I haven't seen it on BBC or Sky yet. Uh, which generally once it's on there, it's you know they don't tend to do. If they do rumours, they say it's a rumour. They don't report stuff if it's not true. So. Yeah. Um. um yeah. Talking of Vettel then. Going to Red Bull. Well, yes and no. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Red Bull have come out and officially ruled out Sebastian Vettel coming back to the team. Um, Vettel has said that he would welcome a return, but Dietrich Mateschitz has, um, who was at the Styrian Grand Prix at the weekend in Austria, um, did apparently he has been quoted as saying that he has told. Red Bull to bring Sebastian home and given that he is the guy who makes the final decisions or you know definitely has a massive influence on those decisions that that just kind of do you know what given the way that Albon is turning out this year and given the people that are in that junior team I'm not sure Seb would be a bad shout for Red Bull what you don't think Albon's Albon, you think Albon's going back I think down if, to Toro Rosso or out I think of the game? I think the strongest. Who, who would you rather have in your in your team? Um, Gasly, Kvyat, Albon, and Verstappen, or Gasly, Albon, Vettel, and Verstappen? Yeah, it's a Kvyat's bit of a no-brainer going. for me. Kvyat's going. Gasly proved himself again very well this weekend. You know. Well, Kvyat actually had a really good race. Um, yeah, but he's so um, he's so forgettable. I couldn't even tell you where he. Yeah, landed. he's, he's, just <laughs> he's like literally. Very... I mean, his car and his team. You know, everything about him is so forgettable. I couldn't yeah. even tell you how he did. It is very um, much a. Um, oh yeah, the Alpha Tories also raced. Yeah, um, that's that's your line, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you've just done your two-minute challenge for Alpha Tori there. Yeah, um, two-second challenge for Alpha Tori. And I. T- I yes, but then is Albon going to be happy going? I know he has to. He won't but be, is happy. He be happy. The, day, the way Red Bull contracts works are you are contracted to the organisation. I don't. Th- I think if there was a contract, that would not be how Vettel's contract would be. No, I, I don't think for one second that Verstappen could be moved could be moved down. But um, the way that the young drivers coming through the system works is you have a contract with with Red Bull. They can put you in any series in any car 
you just have a contract to drive for them and then they'll say to you right this week you're in super gt or uh, which they can do if they would obviously it wouldn't make competitive sense to do that because you would you know you wouldn't have the time in the car and and you wouldn't be able to perform to your best so they tend to keep them in the series for the year but they can and have done and will such do as in the gasly future. last year yeah, yeah gasly and uh kvyat um and alban obviously beneficiary of that i think alban is under pressure um and given that it's going to be so quick fire this season i can see them i honestly can see them giving him until silverstone and then dropping him at the end of silverstone in place of uh, in place of Gasly, if Gasly keeps performing the way he is, although Gasly's I good, can I think see that happening. I I think although Gasly is proving himself, I think he's proving himself because I don't know if I'm right, but he seems happy in ter- in the in the AlphaTauri, Tauri, AlphaTauri, Tauri, whatever it's right. called. Right, I have an argument about this. I'm calling it Tauri, no matter what other people say. It's AlphaTauri <laughs> to me. AlphaTauri. Yes, all right, Tome. Um, so it's named after Taurus, the bull. How can it be Tauri if it's named after Taurus? I think Alpha Tauri just sounds like the only way is Essex. Like Alpha Tauri. Alpha Tauri. But he, I think, anyway, I think Gasly's happy and. You know, he proved that as soon as he dropped down to to Toro Rosso, as it was last year. Toro Rosso. Toro Rosso. Um, <laughs> I don't know why he's gone Japanese. But as soon as he dropped oh. down there, he suddenly did really well. I, you know, he that what Gasly needs is that he he would be a good one for Racing Point. And I say this because he needs the push to get out there. He needs to be the best. Gasly wants to be the best, and him sitting in a Red Bull, he's sort of made it, and he doesn't push his hardest, in my opinion. But if he's in, uh, uh. Toro Rosso, Alfa Tori, whatever next year they're going to call it. Um, he doesn't have that emphasis to move any. You know, he has that he has that emphasis to get on to prove a point that he's a good driver as opposed to just having a good car. Um, so I don't I don't think Gasly will be best suited into the Red Bull seat. I think if Albon does. Album will stay to the end of the season and then the decision will be whether Vettel is made to go into that position. But Vettel Verstappen could be quite volatile as well. I, I would love to see that. I mean, I think Max would have him purely because he's got the experience of the Red Bull in recent seasons. Um, but I think I think that it would be great to see that and it would be a real, you know, it'd be a real test for Vettel to then, you know, put the doubters wrong and say that things just weren't right at Ferrari. Back at the team where I won four world championships, here's what I can really do. I would yeah. love to see that. Um, and I think it would, it would, if he was able to compete with Verstappen, it would cement his legacy, which at the moment is very much on on very much crumbled concrete. I think what we are seeing very much this season, there is no one twos this year. You know, there is no first driver, second driver. Yeah, there, there uh, I mean, a, I think well, at Red Bull there is, because I mean, Albon is clearly number two, but that's more down to performance than that's down uh, to him being the rookie and the performance. Yeah, like, and I think at Williams it'll be a clear one-two again, just down to performance with Russell and and Latifi just not being anywhere near him. Yeah, but but that's but that's performance related. It is not mm. favourable rated, and that's this season. You know, those are one-twos in this season as opposed to the beginning of the season, you're number one, you're number two. Yeah. It's finding its feet quite quickly, who is number one, who is number two. And Album is number two because he's not as good. 
But anyway, that's a discussion point for later. Yeah. But apparently Racing Point are rumoured to be interested and have been speaking to Vettel, which is interesting given that they've got two drivers under contract for next season. Uh, Stroll being multi-year deal and Perez contracted until the end of 2023. So if... But they're holding themselves out. You know, they weren't bad this week. It's a very good car. It is a very good car. And it would potentially be winning races maybe maybe not next season because um again i'll cover that off in the, in the mid-season um <laughs> the uh the midfield conversation point i want to bring up later yeah. on but um i think development wise the racing point is is never going to be better than it is right now so if they're going to try and sign a driver like vettel now is the time to sign him because you can say hey look we could win races in this car when in reality it's only going to go backwards over the next 18 months yeah, I mean, whatever happens to Vettel, he's going to have to do a big move somewhere, isn't he? Yeah, in, in or, or leave Formula 1, which I still think is the most likely scenario. I would love to see him, to be honest, I would love to see him at Mercedes alongside Hamilton, but I don't think it's going to Not happen. Not going to happen. Not going to happen now, not especially if Bottas hasn't signed, because it's only going to be if Hamilton walks away from the sport, then all of a sudden there'll be a scramble for Vettel. But um, I can't see Hamilton walking away from the sport, not when he's on six world championships you know yeah uh, he wants going he for wants a, to be going that, for a seventh he? absolutely and he's proving his dominance in it but apparently um apparently Haas have said that they would <laughs> they would happily offer a contract for two pound fifty and yeah. you've got to bring all your money and pay for the car yeah and you can drive it you, you'll have to drive it to the track and be the engineers and everything else um because yeah. literally the money that they afford to pay vettel is not worth, you know, Vettel's come out saying he wants to race, he doesn't really care about the money, but Jesus Christ, yeah. he cares about winning races, not about just driving around Well, he track. said, he I said mean, he, he might as well go to Williams, let's be well, honest. Yeah, well exactly, Williams. well, yeah. Um, there's um, Williams, ironically, would be a better fit. <laughs> yeah, probably would be, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's um, given like the whole Renault protest thing, about racing point, which we're going to move on oh, to in a second. Yeah. Uh, I saw an interesting uh, uh, comment on one of the one of the threads that said uh, Williams are protesting Ferrari for copying their 2019 design <laughs> <laughs> because all um, of a sudden they're just at the back just of the grid. Crap. Um, but so go, let's talk about this Renault. So this came out late Sunday after the race, which yes. seems really far back after two races to start protesting. That should have happened after race one. Anyway, yeah, you know why they've done it because they've... they got a bit jealous and they got a bit upset. Yeah, no, no, I think it's. I think this has been in. I think this has been planned for weeks. They uh, they knew that they were going to uh, protest it. It was just a case of when, and they've waited until after the second race because they've now got a quick turnaround. They've got to get to Hungary where all these uh, everything's all heavily locked down and restrictions. They've they've protested it after the race. So Racing Point had to spend three or four hours with the stewards after the race while everyone else is packing their stuff and moving to Hungary. So they're already behind. And then they've had to seize bits of the car. They've had to seize the brake ducts, um, get Mercedes to um, give them their CAD drawings for their brake ducts so they can compare them. And... As a result, it's putting putting Racing Point on a back seat before the before the race before they even before they even move to the track. It's putting them on a back footing. So I think it's, it was always intended they were going to protest it at the end of the double header. Do we think that this is also going to affect Mercedes? Obviously, being it all depends. dragged through the mud with this, and at what point do they go? Hang on, guys, you've copied it. 
how did you get the plans? How did you get well, the proof? And so the Racing Point have always maintained that they have they've kept the FIA like with the DAS system. They've kept the FIA in the loop the whole time. Said this is what we're doing, and at no point have the FIA said it's a problem. Um, the problem lies in that everything that they've been saying to the FIA involves the aerodynamic setup. So, you know, the aerodynamic philosophy of the car going from the previous nostril design that they had to the current new design where they went. The from nostril the... design that has the space for the logo for the Mercedes. No, they used to have a nostril design, didn't they? Who? Last season they had a nostril design um, and they had a high rake oh. like Red Bull. But they decided oh, yeah, to switch entire aero philosophies to match the Mercedes. Yeah, because they had the Mercedes, and now have that new. Yeah, design. so they had the the, the gearbox and the um, and the powertrain, um, and various other elements that they're allowed to bring in but that, from that's Mercedes. But sort of like, if I've got a Ford Mondeo engine and a Ford Mondeo gearbox, probably most likely I'm going to look at building a Ford Mondeo. Do you know well, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You, you you you're not going to suddenly go. You know what? I've got a Ford Mondeo engine and a Ford Mondeo gearbox. I'm going to design a Lamborghini. No, you just won't. The, it doesn't the, make sense. The point I was making is that um, the the brake ducts on the Mercedes are not a listed part. You're not allowed to have. You're not allowed to get them from another supplier. It's only listed parts you're allowed to do that, which is things like the powertrain. So that's why um, aerodynamic philosophy, they have to design themselves. So um, they've taken thousands and thousands of pictures and allegedly come up with this design so that is on paper that's fine but if the brake ducts are see are proved to be identical to the mercedes then um i think with copyright law um something has to be at least 30 percent removed from another design to be classed as completely different otherwise it falls under copyright law but so, is that not a weird thing i don't know that that's i don't know and and you might be right and i understand where you're coming from but if I'm making a wheel, the set, I'm I'm copying Continental and Dunlop because it's still circular. It's still got the shape. It's still got the same similar design. You know, yeah, it, I guess it, an it's, it's down to all the or a brake duct's a brake duct. You know, well, there's so there, much there, in the world of Formula One, the everything is you know just down to the millimeter. Things are very very different, and they're saying that you you can't design one that is identical so if it is identical then they had to get those plans from somewhere so the question for mercedes would be how Where did they come in how did they come into those plans if mercedes were found to be complicit in allowing them to take God. those designs then um there would be problem for mercedes if it's just a case that racing point have acquired them through ill-gotten gains then that is that's um a racing point issue well, not well even if they've got them through ill-gotten gains They've still got them from somewhere. You know, they've stolen... There's a mole in Mercedes. Oh, it's like Spygate all over again. You know, you know... I'm waiting I'd for, love there to be another Spygate. I'm waiting for um, Leclerc to just smash into his co-worker for the sake of it. Um, anyway, you know, something like that. You know, <laughs> it's just... It's all a bit out there as to what could be happening. But anyway, let we, I'm fed up of talking about last week's race which we haven't actually covered in the review of last week's race so tom two minutes oh two minutes okay um i'm gonna give you a hint alpha tauri were in the race were they yeah well they scored a point so yeah. right they were there two minute challenge this is going to be tight because it was quite a good race not as 
Not as exciting as, as last week. Yeah. But... And you managed no. last week's. I mean, you can start at the beginning, ignore the middle, and just tell us the end, because that's literally the race. Hmm. Okay, well, let's see how this Where goes anyway. Let's see what happens. Hamilton led through turn one with Sainz taking Verstappen off track, so he yielded the position. Russell jumped Vettel uh, in into 10th. Leclerc dived up the inside of Vettel, but ended up mounting his teammate and then put them both out of the race. After the resulting safety car, Stroll and Norris were battling with Russell and Magnussen <laughs> right behind. Russell had lost out while trying to recover, went wide and fell to the back. Stroll outdragged Norris as the racing points began to show their pace. Perez, who was uh, last after the Ferraris collided, managed to make his way up to 12th during the carnage and was lapping very quickly. It took Albon eight laps to get past Science, but he finally did it and went on his way. Daniel Ricciardo and Ocon spent two laps tussling, losing time to their rivals until Danny made the move and he was on a different strategy, so that was was costing him time. Gasly sl- fell slowly backwards and out of the points. After 25 laps, Hamilton pulled well over a pit stop to Albon, with Bottas closing on Max Verstappen. Red Bull boxed Max, fearing for the undercut, and Mercedes continued on to lengthen the first stint. Ocon retired with overheating issues in the pits. Hamilton pitted with a nice gap to Verstappen, following allowing Bottas to, to lead. Bottas ran for a few laps and then pitted on lap 34. Science had a sticky rear at the stop, Ua, dropping him three or four places. <laughs> Lando Norris, my boy, ran the longest of anyone on soft tyres, stopping on lap 40, emerging in 10th. Perez passed Stroll on lap 46. Genuinely, this was not formation flying. Great overtake. Uh, Perez Whee! made short work of Ricardo and set after Albon in fourth. Norris was losing time behind Sainz on fresh tyres, so Sainz let him through with nine laps to go. Five laps to go, Bottas attempts an overtake on Verstappen, uh, but he comes, oh this is really distracting me, uh, comes back and takes the place back. Bottas took him under DRS on the next lap. Sainz had to go, uh, Sainz had a gap to Kvyat to pit for the fastest lap, and uh, as did Max Verstappen, but Sainz won the point. Perez was still trying to pass Sam when he collided with Albon's rear with, oh I haven't done it. I wasn't able to do it. Fail! Yeah, I'll just finish off then. Uh, Perez was still trying to pass Albon when he collided with Albon's rear in turn four, damaging his front wing. Stroll dived down the inside of Ricardo on the last lap, pushing him, pushing both off the track. Norris flew past Ricardo and tucked him behind Stroll. Hamilton crossed the line to win, with, um, win as Norris passed Stroll under DRS. Perez was so slow on the last two laps that Norris passed Perez on the last corner, with Perez just holding on ahead of Stroll and Ricardo, with all three crossing the line together. I um, failed there badly. I think we should start getting to do forfeits if you fail. Yeah. And I will do a forfeit if you complete. We've okay. got to come up with something. We've got to come up with something. We're, we're, we'll talk about it and come up with it. So it's something. For Emily, what week. do you think? Oh, goodness. I was just surprised that you went with the sticky rip on, but you didn't laugh at all at the point where you said he was mounting him. <laughs> Nice. You were doing so well. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was showing. These things aren't rehearsed. After, after my success of last week of squeezing it all in with a second to spare, uh, I, I kind of got a bit, got a bit complacent there. So, yeah, my bad. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting race. Um, well, I got very bored in the middle. Yeah, I mean, to really be honest, it's in the middle. very good start. Very it's boring. kind of a it's kind of a feature of F1 races, especially when they're quite long races that they do have that that. Uh, and especially on part. short tracks. Where they're literally going around the yeah. Seven, yeah. Seven, eight bends. Well, seven, seven bends. Officially ten, but you know, there's mm. two to three that no one really. Yeah, you goes. just do it without even thinking about it. Um, um I mean, know, yeah. So the and the, the shitload of DRS. 
yeah, three DRS is far too many. It's just it just made things so easy for Bottas when he when he finally got up to the back of Verstappen. He just you know Verstappen held him off for half a lap, but then he just breezed past him on DRS. He had the pass done yeah. before the turn, which is just I I am at the point now when the new regulations come in in 2022. Now I think we should get rid of DRS. The racing's fine without it. It's um, it does create some overtaking, but um, I think with the new regulations, it is going to make it easier to overtake. So just lose it, get rid of it. I think yeah. just lose it straight away. Or, or one one DRS on the on the straight. On the, yeah, but then everyone the, will just wait stop. for that straight and just overtake under DRS. I'd rather like you know they they can have a go going into the braking zones, but then they might try things in other places because they haven't got the DRS. I would rather that. Yeah, I, do. I wonder if there's another way of doing it um, or another rule to allowing mm. DRS. Like maybe maybe the DRS zone is, you know, done with the car two in front or something to really, you know, mm. not just the car in front. But the, the I mean, one, I don't have or, a major issue with DRS. Behind, but... Or even the one behind. Do you know what I mean? Or I think maybe they should just allow DRS to be free use. Anyone can use it anytime. Is that a safety reason as to why they put it? No, I mean they used to use it in all through practice and qualifying wherever they wanted, and then it was and then it was just the race that it was limited to DRS zones. But um, maybe they just say you don't have to be within a second of the car in front; you can just use it whenever you want. Maybe yeah. you know, I've got no issue with movable aerodynamics. Yeah, I think, well that makes more sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, anyway, two two people that will never. Well, haven't didn't use DRS. I don't think they even used DRS. They might no. Cause no, because you don't have DRS for the first three laps, and they retired before three laps. And they retired. Is Vettel and Leclerc? What a just! I have no answer. What was Leclerc doing? Vettel, open your bloody eyes and look what's going on around you. Jesus Christ, Ferrari! I mean, what what is the point of you even? I mean. No one cares. And, and do you know what? I couldn't care less that Ferrari weren't there this race. It did not ruin my enjoyment. This whole thing that Ferrari has to be in F1. No, they don't. We just proved that. <laughs> Bunch of idiots. You know, I don't It wasn't even dickish. They weren't, they're not dick of the week for me because they're just stupid. It's stupidity. There's the difference between being a dick and being stupid. And that was stupid. Like, nonsensical stupidity. <laughs> Like, what is wrong? Well, I don't think Vettel could have done anything about that. You're saying that he could have, like, moved out of the way. What could he have done? There was no point in Leclerc being there in the first place or even trying to make that move. He should have seen that. That's completely on Leclerc. But Vettel couldn't have done anything to stop that or even predict it because he, like, Leclerc shouldn't even be considering that at I that mean, point. He, he, Vettel was taking a racing line into a very tight corner with everyone. And there was room to go slightly tighter on the inside of that corner that he could have placed himself um, and and blocked the door properly on Leclerc. I think but, he was he was defending. I mean, he got a bad start. Vettel did, um, which is on him. The fact that Leclerc was able to be alongside him when he was starting, what five places ahead of him, was you know showed he had he had had a bad start. Yeah. Um, he was. You have to jostle for position and give people space, but that space on the inside. Nobody's going to dive into that because there was a car. There was a car in that space. There's nowhere to go. You've got the concertina effect. Yeah. If you've got, you know, you've got 20 cars all driving at, you know, at that point it's turn three, so they're driving at 200 miles an hour towards a, you know, 40, 50 mile an hour corner. 
all of a sudden you're scrubbing 150 miles an hour off your off your speed, dropping down to this like second gear corner or third gear corner or whatever, and all of a sudden everyone's going slowly and they're all in the same place. You have to break early and you have to, you know, kind of cadence break into your into your position, slot into a place and then just move around it. Leclerc didn't do that. He just he just drove in he just drove into a space and just crashed into his teammate. It's just it just I think you know I'm the first to obviously defend Verstappen. Of course. All hail Verstappen to the fan king. girl right there. But it was the classic kind of immature move that we could have seen from Verstappen only like two or three years ago. Like just not predicting what was coming up in the next couple of seconds in the race and seeing that actually you've got loads more laps to go. There's no need to take that kind of risk, especially not alongside your teammate. Yeah. And I really don't think he was considering any of that when he made that move. I don't know what was going through his head, but it wasn't, let's just bide my time and go for the long game here. Let's be honest, it was funny as hell though, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, conspiracy theory time. I wonder whether Leclerc was just trying to push Vettel out. No it's an interesting question. I don't think he's done know. it on purpose, but um, if that's not Vettel there, if that's another car, would he put his car there? Probably not, because he's he's the one that's going to lose out in this, which mm. he did in the end. I mean, he by being behind, he's got the the thing with being behind and crashing anyone from behind is that you can change your nose a lot easier. You know, especially if a slow corner like that, it was quite slow and slow in F one speeds. You know, he's. You can change your nose. You can change tires as long as you don't hit the suspension. You can change those things. The thing is, what with the back of the car, you can't change the rear wing. Not quickly. quickly. Not in a quickly, pit stop. And not in a pit stop. So, you're always in a better position from behind to go into someone. You know, this is conspiracy theory and obviously not race talk. But you're you're always in theory better to be behind crashing into someone than you are. I think what, to the be... the aerodynamics on the floor are so important. There's, you risk damage to the floor, and your race is effectively over. You're going to lose so much competitiveness if you've damaged your floor, which is the reason why Leclerc retired in yeah. the end because he had did have huge damage to his floor. I which think is just... I, I just think I I just it was stupidity. It wasn't even a dickish move because you know, Leclerc wasn't trying to gain anything at that point. Maybe you know, he was still drunk was from stuck... partying at the in the, in the week. <laughs> Oh yeah, in, without any mask. With, oh, I mean, COVID yeah. party. I yeah. literally said this the other week when he started going around Monaco like a dick in a in a Ferrari. He just like he thinks he's a law unto himself because he's young and stupid. He really is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and he's just going to end up. You know, I said I, <laughs> I I did say I hope he gets COVID. You know, <laughs> in a good way. Um, I obviously don't hope anyone gets COVID, and I'm no, sorry. No, for legal reasons, Carl does not want well, no, Charlotte not Claire to reasons. get COVID. Not even legal reasons, you know, it's something that you wouldn't wish on anyone. Yeah, well, but it's... I hope he gets a bad cold. It's such um... a bloody... It's such a, you know, an arrogant, entitled, little rich kid thing to do, isn't it? It's like, okay, I've just had a great result and come second in a race. Everyone's got to stay inside their social bubbles. Everyone's got to stay around Austria, um, and... He just goes to Monaco, and like I know Bottas went back to Monaco as well. Um, and you know, for all we know, Bottas might have done the same thing, but he wasn't captured like it's social media pictures. But then he's like posing for a photograph with with a mate on each arm, no masks, and he's you know he's out living it up in Monaco. I'm just like you, entitled little yeah. prick. 
I was really hoping that he was going to get back at Monaco and they'd say, you've broken your social bubble, you're in quarantine for two weeks, sorry, we'll see you in Silverstone. I was really hoping that that's what they were going to do. That's the exact kind of punishment that they need, though. I really don't think what they've done is going to stop anyone else from doing well, it. It's not exactly ever. sending a message to the other people that race saying, don't do this. And, you know, I would want them to set an example of this. It's just not on. There's no need for it. He wasn't going back for a family funeral or anything serious. He was just going back to party and that's irresponsible. Yeah. They needed to come down yeah, far heavier on just, it than they did. You know, I, I presume, and, and this guess that Vettel, uh, not Vettel, um, Verstappen, no, oh, Jesus Christ, Bottas, was just going home, back to his family. And well, his... apparently he stayed within his social bubble, so the yeah, people that are with him. Yeah, his family and his friends, you know, close, whatever the house is, you know. Yeah, but then, who didn't go back? You know, Hamilton stayed at the track, he stayed in his motorhome just away from the track, um, came back in and he was working with his engineers the whole week and then look what happens yeah. 10 out of 10 you know he dominated the weekend qualifying amazing race amazing absolutely faultless You honestly you couldn't pick a fault with his performance at all yeah. same as Verstappen to be fair Verstappen you can't fault his performance apart from his spinning Q3 which in the end didn't change anything anyway because he still wouldn't have beaten Hamilton yeah. so it didn't actually change anything. So Verstappen had a near faultless race. Bottas, had, in the end, to be fair, had a, had a decent race. But what did Leclerc do? Crashed into his teammate on turn three. Lap one. Yeah. <sighs> Prick. <laughs> prick. Uh, I think, prick. do you know what? That's not even, yeah. No dick, you're just a prick. There yeah. Um, I, and, and Verstappen, uh, not Verstappen, uh, Jesus Christ, I'll learn these drivers one day. Vettel, <laughs> Was very courteous. Do you know what I mean? He, he, he didn't. He didn't. He, he was upset, but he didn't throw the toys out the crowd. I think he knows that he's not saw, in a world title fight saw. this year, yeah. and he knows he's on borrowed time at Ferrari. So I think he just What's doesn't really point? care yeah. anymore. Yeah, and the, and the, and they were talking on Sky that oh there'd be big discussions in Ferrari. Well, Vettel won't care. He'll be like, yeah. well, fuck it. You know, yeah. he crashed into me. He's the idiot, not me. You know, speak to him. It'd just be like. Um, He'll just be like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> Speak to him. Nothing to do with me. Yeah. He can. He yeah. He can be just like completely clear conscience because I don't think he could have done anything to avoid that. Yeah. And even if he could have, it would have been bad racing to have placed his car in a different position. So yeah. no, I think he's spot on. But yeah. But yeah. So uh, any, anything you want to add, add on that at all? All we know is that Ferrari are not having a good time. Their car is rubbish. Mm-hmm. Their their drivers are rubbish. Oh well, sorry. One's one's an egotistical little prick, and the other one doesn't care. So, you know, that's the end of Ferrari. And who yeah. the hell cares? So, um, we'll move on to the midfield battle now. So, Ferrari. <laughs> I mean, yeah, precisely. Ferrari, what yeah. are they doing? Like, they're making. Yeah. Oh, they're they're now like the they are now like the um, they're below racing point and Renault. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah and McLaren. And, yeah, I mean constructors championship wise. Um, just a quick look at the standings after the race. Bottas leads the championship on forty three points with Hamilton second on thirty seven. Norris, my boy, is third. Um, and then we've got Charles Leclerc in fourth because of his second place. Sergio Perez in fifth with sixteen. Uh, then it's Verstappen with fifteen. Sainz on 13, Albon in 8th with 12, Gasly with 6, Stroll with 6, Ocon 4, Ricardo 4, 
Javanazzi 2, Kvyat 1, Vettel 1. And then we've got yet to score as Latifi, Raikkonen, Magnussen, Grosjean, Vettel. That's and Russell. Hilarious. Yeah, and then Russell is um, Russell's last in the standings at the moment. Uh, Don't talk to me about Russell, honestly. Why? What's up? Like, he could have earned us a kitchen this weekend. He could he have. Didn't. And I think, frankly, that's very selfish. <laughs> just to just to put some uh, meat on that boat. Um, <laughs> he could have earned us a kitchen. I, I placed... <laughs> He works in Magnet now, seemingly. I placed a bet, um, bet responsibly, everyone. Uh, but I placed a bet when the fun um, stops, stop. which uh, was an each way bet on George Russell to take pole position, and that would have won me four thousand um, pounds. Now the reason I did that was because I thought it's going to be heavy rain. They might start the session. He might get one lap in, and then they might red flag it, and then he might end up on pole. It was all a lot of mites, but it was four thousand quid you know it's like a two pound bet i think it was uh three thousand to one so it's four thousand payout each way if he did get pole position so i was like that's a new kitchen and then um, at one point in the session he was top and we were like red flag it now red flag it now come on new kitchen um yeah i mean that we all laughed at me last week with um betting on yeah or uh, on, not betting but predicting not, george predicting russell to get george the quickest russell. lap um, yes, we did laugh at you. You're right. We all laughed. We all laughed. We all had a good little giggle. Yeah. Um, the only thing that... Yeah, we all had a good little giggle. But he is a very good racer. And his he car is. isn't that bad. I said this ages ago when we were looking at testing. The Williams car is not bad. It's not the most ideal car going. No one it's is quickest in the straight line because they've got the best engine and no aerodynamics. But well, we proved that he can go in a straight line as he totally missed the corner. Yeah, he took <laughs> the straight line of the corner and went through the um, gravel. Russell's a great driver. He's got a decent car with decent with no aerodynamics and full speed. He went straight ahead at that point, and he's just he just needs to be sorted out. I, I whether. He needs a better car. Whether he needs a better ride, I don't know. I don't I, know if he is the saint that everyone is saying he is. No, no, he's not a saint. But I think, I think he's, he's a very good driver. I don't think he's Hamilton. I think he's Perez at the moment in level. It's a bit of an insult. Well, Perez isn't no, doing I too bad. He's um, he's been he spent he's had one year in Formula One and he spent that year destroying his teammate in a car that was the slowest by country mile and the only person he was ever going to race was his teammate so he was obviously going to his teammate was obviously going to give him room so he hasn't done a lot of wheel to wheel racing in Formula One yet and now when he sees the sniff of a point I mean thing is Mercedes own him or own his contract they're not going to care where Williams finish in the in the championship. They want him to hone his skills as a racer. So they have probably briefed him. I don't care what you if you crash trying to make an overtake. We don't care. That's all experience. If you have the chance of an overtake, take it because we want to, we want you to improve your wheel to wheel racing. So I don't think Mercedes would have batted an eyelid if he went off because it's like well good because he's learning. He's not going to yeah, learn but, anything sitting at the back. Yeah, but but hang on, he wasn't sat at the back. He was nicely in the middle. And he just carried on straight. Yeah, but his car was still the slowest. No, granted, and he was going He did backwards. a great qualifying in the rain, but his car was still the slowest. He was always going to go what backwards. Is, that is interesting as to whether it rained on... If it rained on Sunday, would 
would the Williamses have been better? Is Williams a, Williams a rain car? I think it would have done because there's... Um, well, you say that. I think his, his driving ability would have shone through, but the car would be no better in the rain because it lacks downforce. So, therefore, it would have less grip in the rain. So, I think it would be a difficult race. Like, Red Bull would excel in the rain. Uh, I think McLaren and Renault, given they're a bit down on power, um, would excel in the rain. But you certainly, I mean, you could possibly see the Ferraris improving in the rain because their engines so far, so far down. And then obviously that you've got the Haas and, um, I mean, yeah. and the Alfa Romeo. The, the weight well. of all their egos is slowing that car down. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to be honest, every race is a wreck race when Charles Leclerc's in it because he's crying so much that he makes the track wet. So yeah, um, <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, but talk about this middle. There, yeah, so the, the midfield. Yeah. I think it's a really interesting midfield battle this season because at the moment, looking at the constructors' championship, you've got Mercedes way out in front of eighty points already. Second is McLaren on thirty-nine points already. Thirty-nine points. Uh, Twenty-seven for Red Bull Honda. Twenty-two for Racing Point, and nineteen for Ferrari. Of eight with Renault. They that is the midfield battle. Second down to sixth is the midfield battle this year. You've got Alpha Tori, Alpha Romeo, Williams and Haas. I think they're gonna be the bottom four. So you've got like a you've got a you've got a Formula One. Yeah. You've got Formula One point five and a Formula One point seven five. And the Formula yeah. One is Mercedes and Red Bull. And then Red Bull have got to look over their shoulder because I think that racing point, car wise, that racing point, I think is on a par with the Red Bull car. If allowed, I really, really do. It's. I think it's. I think it's completely on a par. And we're, in the hands of Verstappen, that car is faster than the racing points. In the hands of Albon, it's on a par with Perez. And in the hands of Stroll, it's a bit slower. So that's that's what sets Red Bull ahead of Racing Point, the drivers. But then Stroll likes a wet race as well. He does like a wet mm-hmm. race. I mean, he, he qualified thirteenth though in that racing point in the rain and I know Perez qualified 17th but it's that that's an off day for Perez he really didn't have a great time in the rain you know it wasn't like he just had one bad lap he was constantly out in yeah. in the drop zone but I, just I, I think, think that yeah. racing point they've said they're only going to bring a couple of upgrades all season so that racing point is the best it's going to be right now and given that this car is going to carry over to next year with only a few minor upgrades I think they've got to be making hay now, and currently they're 17 points behind McLaren, and five points behind. I mean, they, they can't really be looking at Red Bull, but you're only three points ahead of Ferrari, and Renault haven't capitalised yet. Renault and McLaren will will develop. So for me, this season's fight for for the middle of the field there is Mercedes will win, Red Bull will be second. And then it will be between McLaren, Racing Point, Ferrari and Renault. It just depends how much Ferrari can get their act together. But I think McLaren and Renault have a real good chance of third place because they're the ones that are going to develop. Yeah, I think McLaren's looking very good. I think, mm. I know, you know... They're not as fast as Racing Point. They're, they're But close. they've got better drivers. Yeah, exactly. And they are as fast with new fresh tyres. We've proved that twice now with Norris. Yeah. You know, and signs. Um the McLaren's a good car, and it's a fast-ish car, and they've got two, two decent drivers. Yeah, without uh, shadow of a doubt. Sainz is, is obviously out to prove himself to Ferrari. Why bother? Well, he is yeah. going to be kicking himself at this he's point. He's got buyer's remorse on that contract shining right now. Yeah, um, that wasn't as exciting as gleaming as it was at the beginning. Um, no. 
This is what I'm saying about racing Ricardo's look Vettel now while the car's yeah. good because it won't be good in six months. And Ricardo looking looking Ooh, at McLaren. Ricardo. Ricardo's looking at McLaren going, "Ooh, that's interesting." You know, that will be an interesting. Yeah, Billy is. I don't think I don't think McLaren's looking bad. I think McLaren are on the way back. It'd be up. interesting, wouldn't it? If it'd be an interesting scenario, wouldn't it? If Vettel had just had enough, and he said, "Do you know what? Screw this. I'm off. Screw you guys. I'm going home." Right? Vettel leaves Ferrari. Ferrari. Whether he goes somewhere else, who cares? So Ferrari would then look to get Science in to replace him, as he's the guy who's going to be replacing him anyway. Or I mean, I mean, yeah, they could bring in Giovinazzi, as he's one of their drivers from Alpha, but. You know, you'd think they would try and bring in Sainz. So then, what, McLaren would get Ricardo in from Renault? And then does that mean that Alonso steps into Renault? Yeah, Because exactly he's not, he's not, He's not attached. He that is now. Be... He is now. Well, no, he's, he's signed for Renault now, but not until next season. But he, there's no reason why he couldn't step in. I, I can't oh, see it as happening. In, as in mid-season swaparoos. Yeah, yeah. I everyone. can't see it um, happening. Because that is a lot of cut changes and a lot of team jumping contracts you know ricardo's not going to suddenly jump to mclaren then renault although renault mclaren is renault's engine uh, renault is mclaren's engine there's no cross contamination of contracts there no i mean it happens a couple of years ago when palmer got dropped uh for science science moved to renault from toro rosso um to replace palmer um and then I think I think they if, got someone else in the Toro Rosso, so yeah. it, it can happen. I just don't think it's overly. There, there's too many changes. There's a McLaren to Ferrari, weird. There's a McLaren, a Renault to McLaren, not so weird, and an outsider coming in halfway through who still has an Indy 500 to do. Especially well, we've yeah, but the Indy 500 is in a few weeks though. That's so a few weeks. So I think be... the more likely scenario would be Giovinazzi would be moved into that Ferrari as he's a Ferrari young driver, and then they would probably put Mick Schumacher in the Alpha to see how he does. Oh, why? Yeah, or Schwartzman. Schwartzman's yeah, fine. Though. I like Schwartzman yeah. actually. I think it's very good. Um, Jesus. Um, no, please don't ever let. Mick Schumacher anywhere near the F1 track. Um, He'd be alright if there was a fire. (laughs) (laughs) That was hilarious. I pissed myself when that happened. Anyway, that's for later on. Um, I just, yeah, I'm not going to... The midfield, McLaren is strong um, and is going to be the strongest. I think they're third. I think the Red Bulls are second and and the Mercs are first, and it will be one, two, you know, one, two for Merc, three, four for um, Red Bulls, and five, possibly six for um, for the McLarens at the moment. So who's going to be top in the McLaren duo? Oh, um, uh, Nando's. <laughs> He's my boy, Slander Norris. Yeah, yeah I, I think Nando's will be because, well, yeah, I think Sainz will want to prove himself, but I think Lando definitely think, has more racing spirit and is. Doing I think Lando well. has to be close to Sainz this year. He doesn't necessarily have to beat him, but he has to be on is, a par. Is with he not him. above him? Daniel is he Ricardo, not above him at the moment? He is. Yeah, at the moment he is. Uh, he in the standings, he's third. Yeah. So he's on um, thirty. Uh, sorry, twenty-six points, and yeah. Carlos Sainz is on thirteen. 
but that's mm. 13 points. That's a couple of a couple of races where science finishes a few places above Norris and he's back there. Mm. But it's just what he needs, to be honest, at the moment. Because with Ricardo coming in, Ricardo is going to want to assert himself as the number one driver. And if Norris is able to beat science, then Norris can be saying, well, hang on, no, I'm top dog here. You know, mm. we, we it's equal status. Whereas if Ricardo is coming in, he's saying, well, I'm replacing science, so I'm number one driver. No. Yeah, but Ricardo's not proving himself to be that number one driver in in that car. I think he's I think he's going to have a great year in the end. I mean, provided Renault actually put some stock in him and don't just basically just put everything on Ocon's side, which is really interesting why they didn't move Ocon out of the way in the race on Sunday for when Ricardo yeah. was coming through. Yeah. Something doesn't sit right there with me. I wonder who, who's sacrificing their own race. Yeah, when Ricardo was obviously faster than Ocon. Yeah. And everyone knew it. Um, anyway, Albon talking about sort of the top at the bottom of the top. He's not too bad, uh, is he? Really? I don't. Th- I mean, God. where was he? Where the hell was he? He's got the same car as Verstappen. Verstappen's absolutely smashing it out at the top and frankly could have gone right ahead, even potentially into second and finished the race in that position if Albon had even pulled his finger out and done something. But Albert was just there floating away at the back. Didn't help his teammate whatsoever. Honestly, he just ruined Red Bull's race completely. And I don't even know why. I don't know if it was down to lack of skill. I mean, you could argue it is lack of skill because you know the car is clearly good. So I don't know. But what the hell, dude? Well, I, do, I don't like... Albert's a very... I, I'm... I, I quite like him, and I don't know if I just quite like his personality. Um, I think he's... You only like him because his mum's called Minky. (laughs) Why has everyone got stupid names in the sport? I can't cope. Everyone's got a stupid name. Um, I'm going to call myself Fernando Yardo or something, or Dickwad, because literally everyone has... To be honest, you've already... You've already got a stupid pair of middle names, so you kind of... Yeah. Michael's not that bad. No, no, Michael's fine, but it's the pairing. Yeah, all right. Um, Well, you can can talk. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, fair cop, fair cop. (laughs) um, So, I... Alban is... I think Alban was... He was... The problem was, he wasn't wasn't able to help Verstappen at all. You know, what you'd want from from a teammate there is... Verstappen's there in second place. Alban, um, they needed him to be a thorn in Bottas's side to stop Bottas attacking Verstappen so that Verstappen could then look to try and do something to affect Hamilton. He had no answer for Hamilton, really. But because Alban wasn't there... Mercedes were able to do a pincer movement and I thought it was it was really clever what they did in that they told both Ferrari, both Mercedes to push uh, Hamilton and Bottas making Red Bull think that they were going to make a pit stop and then they reacted to that because Bottas had got close enough to be within within undercut range to come in come out put in a quick lap and then overtake Verstappen mm-hmm. that they then had to cover off that undercut by pitting Verstappen and then the Mercedes just like do you know what our tyres are fine we'll keep going for a bit yeah and then they just extended the stint Bottas came out behind Verstappen yes but 
he was on much, much younger tyres and then was so quick compared to Verstappen. It was only ever going to be a matter of time. I know he damaged his front wing slightly. Verstappen damaged his front wing and won the curves, but it was only minor. It was costing him a couple of tenths a lap and Bottas would have got him with two laps to go anyway, I think. My question is, is, was Albon playing the team game and holding everyone else back? No, He's because holding... they no, no because they were they were quicker right. than everyone else. But he yeah. wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't like a mile ahead of. Uh, who was yeah, but him? Perez was no threat to Bottas. I mean, I say that, but Perez's um, lap times were actually similar to Bottas's when he was catching Albon. But he was never going to catch Bottas. And if he did, then that would have been better for Verstappen because he would have had to defend. So, given that, or was it before... that it was better trying to get they again thinking about la- the previous race. They thought that the Mercs were going to drop out. One of them was going to drop out or have an issue again. So is it not better to have Albon have a safe race and get around the track and go for that third point if something else happens? And he's still got decent points in fourth. When but what they're can not, he, they're what not, can they're he... not going against... They're not going to beat the Mercs on that track without no. a but damage. But what can he do? Issue. What can he do when he's 40 seconds behind his teammate in the same car? Sit there and get third. He got fourth and was lucky to get fourth. He only got fourth because Perez can't gauge his his distances. (laughs) He would have finished behind Perez if Perez had been more clinical and wasn't just an average driver. Shots fired. It's fact. At the end of the day, it's fact. Perez was, was all over him. For three or four laps, Perez was stuck behind Albon trying to get past him. Albon could do nothing about that. That was Albon's pace. Yeah. That was his absolute pace. That was as quick as he could go. And he was... The only reason was that he finished, what, 12, 15 seconds behind Verstappen on track after Verstappen made an extra pit stop to try and get the quickest lap. So he lost 20 seconds. He was nearly 40 seconds behind his teammate at the end of the race. It does make me laugh that... In the same car. That um, we're saying Albon's a shit driver and he, he ended up in... That. Yeah, but, you know, not as good a driver and what was he doing? He ended up in fourth. Do you know... Williams, I would jumping for joy when Russell was in ninth, tenth. Yeah, but that Red Bull and... is the second is the second quickest car on the track. So that car, the lowest position, that car should finish as fourth. Which it did. Which it did. did. Yes, forty seconds. I think we're forgetting that had Ferrari continued in the race as well, they probably likely would have been up there in the fourth and fifth, or fifth and sixth, and that would have pushed Albon nah, way back. That car's not good he enough. He couldn't have held them back if they'd have carried on. No, that car's not good enough. He would have just been behind there. He would have been behind Albon. Right. Well, keep in mind on that that um, Perez was right up behind Albon um, for way before the end of the race. Both Ferraris were ahead of Perez on track. Yeah. So I but think what they, I'm saying is they, they would, would have, have ended up, up in there. the gap. They would have hit that they would have been behind Albon. Their car is not fast enough. I and think they would have been behind Albon, but I think they could have been pushing Albon. I think Emily's I right that the 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 Ferraris and Perez would have been pushing towards Albon, and that's not what they need. Yeah, I don't know. I I I'm intrigued as to whether the cars just set up differently as well. Um. And whether they need to start looking at that and stuff. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a case of um, Adrian Newey is going to be designing the car. Then he's going to be, what do you think of this, Max? And the Max is going to be, that's not going to be very comfortable for me. Oh, okay, we'll just we'll just change this slightly so this fits you better. Uh, Alex is like, oh, what's the new car like? And they're like, oh, you'll get what you're given. Yeah, 
That's the problem. So then what, what the the argument here is that actually it's not the fourth fastest car. It's the second. It, it's the fastest car, but not in the right format for how Albon drives. Well, we don't know that. To be fair, there's no way can we know exactly how this car's set up. I just, I can't see them, I can't see them doing anything that's going to slow Verstappen down to help Albon. Whereas, yeah. like in the McLaren, it'll be a compromise between what both drivers want and the same with Mercedes. But whereas I just think yeah. at, uh, at Red Bull, it will be everything for Max and Albon will get whatever he gets given. Yeah. Unless he's beating or getting close to Verstappen, then they might. Which they is might nowhere near him. Yeah. No. Be, I mean, look, that was two races at the same venue, which luckily didn't feel like two races at the same venue. Yeah. It was, um, they were both very different races, which was, which was good to see. So let's... So let's see what happens of the in day? Yeah, Driver let's... of the day. What do you reckon? Then? Emily, do you want to go first? Who was your driver of the day? Oh, Jesus. Putting me on the spot there. Put you on the spot. Uh, yeah. um, I, I always love Verstappen, but I really think that Bottas did a great job. And it's the first time I've really noticed him as a driver. I feel like he often gets overshadowed by Hamilton with the whole celebrity, but also the quality of the driving that you see and expect from Hamilton. But I think this is the first time that I've seriously watched Bottas as a good contender that puts him alongside Hamilton, not just in the shadows backing him up when he needs it. I think it's a very he's a very underrated mm, performer too, from man. from the weekend. I think a lot of people talk about certain other drivers and their performances, but I think you, you're right. Bottas Bottas finished. He overtook two or three cars, finished higher than he started, and he may, made a pass on Verstappen on track and finished second to Hamilton who was in perilous you know I think he's it's a good shout there I I don't agree but uh, I think it's a good shout Carl um I am shockingly going to go with Hamilton because it was just a masterclass of beginning to end driving and, it was and team whole strategy, weekend and team strategy he was a masterclass on that one you know as much as I want to hate Hamilton he didn't put a foot out wrong. He did nothing wrong. I just think he was perfect from beginning to end. And, you know, it is what it is on that one. I can't, um, I can't say anything against him, you know, on that yeah. one. There's nothing you can say. Hamilton did, did nothing wrong this week. He did, yeah. I, I, I do agree. Uh, I'm not going to give him drive of the day, though, purely because... Um, it's down to he had the easiest job of the day and he delivered in perfect fashion. But for me, the guy who did the best job over the course of the race. Jesus Christ. Lando Norris. I almost gave him driver of the day last week, but I'm giving it to him this week. Um, purely, I mean, yeah, he's, he looked after his tyres. He was He went the longest on those tyres. What, 39 laps or something he did on those tyres. Soft tyres. It's well over half distance. Um, and then comes out on the mediums. And he's got the quickest car on track. Proves it again. Last lap Lando. Nails it on the last lap. <laughs> Perez probably would have been my driver of the day had he not have driven into Albon. And then ended up losing <laughs> the position at the end. Perez should have finished fourth. He would have got driver of the day if he'd have finished fourth. But he didn't. Yeah. He drove into Albon at turn four. Hilarious. Um, which is where Hamilton drove into him. Yeah. And um, as a result, ended up being passed by Lando on the line. Another fastest lap for Norris. Three overtakes on the last lap. I mean, that was phenomenal. Brilliant. Brilliant. That was from uh, eighth, eighth to fifth, was it? 
think. Yeah, he started ninth, yeah. but he was eighth yeah. on the last lap. Yeah, like he he is he's more your next Hamilton. He's one to really watch. I hope um, so. I've uh, obviously I being a big McLaren fan. I've been following him for quite a few years. And, yeah, uh, but you know, I'm not a McLaren fan per se. But I'm getting impressed by McLaren. I'm getting impressed by the two drivers they have there. I am so annoyed. Signs is going to Ferrari, but mm. you know, I think. But Norris is a very good driver, you know. Mm. Um, and yeah, no, I, I think all three of those are valid. You know, I don't think yeah. there's not yeah. there's not one of those three drivers there where you can turn around and go, "Are you? What's wrong with you?" And I you think know. Verstappen as well w- would be in there with a yeah. good shot. I think he had a stunning race. Again, nothing the, he could do. There's nothing he could do, which is, it, but it wasn't a masterclass. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't no. Hamilton. Which he still had a little wine on the radio, didn't he? Yeah. he Why did we come in so early? To cover yeah. off the undercut. Yeah, I know, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think the classic moment was when they were saying to Verstappen, push harder, push harder, do something. And he's like, going, what do you want me to do? What can me I to do? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep saying yeah, it, but I can't do it. I don't have anyone strap, there. Strap rockets on the back. <laughs> um, go on then, dick of the day. Uh, for me, it can only be one person, and that's the little entitled Monogas prick. Um, just for the entire week, you know, going going home to Monaco, coming back, and then crashing into your teammate on turn three. <laughs> just, yeah, he's dick of the day, without a doubt. Dick of the week. Yeah. yeah. Carl? I, um, do you know what? I'm going to go for Russell. <laughs> because Harsh. he had well, it. yeah, yeah. And he, he lost he it. He could have got. He could have got us a kitchen. You know, he had it and he lost it, and it was such a silly little driver error that lost it for him. And you know, there was no, um, there was no one else around. Well, there was people around him, but there was no one touching him. It wasn't anyone else's fault. Well, no, he, he was, he was, he was defending, wasn't he? From um, yeah, but it was, it was a driver error. It was, yeah, it, it was a driver error, was, absolutely. You know, yeah. it wasn't Gasly hit into him. Gasly picked the line. You know, it was all fine. There was no issues with anything. He's it. Dick of the day is slightly harsh for Russell because, as much as you know, I want to give it to Leclerc. Leclerc doesn't. Leclerc doesn't deserve Dick of the day. It's too good for him. You know, it's it means he has a purpose. He does no purpose at all to being a dick. So he's he's just. He's a bit of moss of the day from my from my caring. It has no purpose. He's a wasp of the day, you know. Um, wasp of the day. Wasp of the day is Charles Leclerc because he has no purpose in my life, um, and is just ruining everyone and upsetting everyone, and just being a general nuisance. Um, so sorry, Russell, you're getting the uh, dick of the day because Leclerc doesn't even deserve dick of the day. Mm. Emily. Um, I mean, I think you can't ignore the fact that Leclerc was just a massive cockwomble. Let's face it. <laughs> I love that word. But, I mean... Two words. One word? <laughs> the award for his purely dicking yourselves over has to go to Renault for just simply not swapping their drivers over at the right time. I mean, yeah, I don't even know if that came down to them asking Ocon to do it and he just didn't or if there was some miscommunication there, but whatever happened, it should have happened and it didn't. And I think they just dicked themselves yeah. over. 
Yeah, yes. So you've gone down my world that I was last week. Actually, the dick of the day isn't actually the drivers, the team. Yeah. More, uh, unless it was Ocon not leaving over. But, you know, I yeah, absolutely, I agree. Again, Menno, what a dick. So I'm sorry, I don't agree with you, Tom. You can't have, in my opinion, you can't have Leclerc's dick of the day because he doesn't deserve it. Oh, okay. I do agree with Emily. <laughs> oh, dear deserve being a dick okay right dicks so have should... purposes so we'll, we'll move on to how we did on our predictions yeah then. let's not talk about this yeah well <laughs> to be fair you're off the mark now carl Woo-hoo! i'm still at the bottom though uh where are you you are at the bottom of uh guest guest versus you versus me the overall table yeah you're last yeah thanks yeah you're last um I'm only the presenter of this thing. Oh no, yeah, no, you're you're second to last, but that's shit. because you're second to last because the other person who joined in in the league only joined in for this week, so the, but right. equally you didn't get any points last week. So nice. yeah, you're beating one person who got one point. But yeah, so you got three points, which Woo-hoo! was you got the the podium spot on, just all I'd in like the wrong to, order. I'd like to point out, still better than Vettel, more points than Vettel at the moment. Yes, yes, you have actually three times the points that Vettel's got so you uh, had you had Bottas for pole fastest lap for Stappen for Stappen to win Hamilton second Bottas third uh, obviously completely correct podium just all in the wrong order yeah. uh, I had Hamilton for pole which I got I had Perez for the fastest lap which he probably had a good oh, shot really at close yeah really he close he probably had a good shot at getting and then I had Hamilton Bottas Perez um, so there's eight points good haul for me um, our guest predictor and our guest from last week was Elliot Bermudez. He had pole for Hamilton, one point. Fastest lap Hamilton, no points. Win Hamilton, three points. Bottas, second, three points. And Vettel, third. So, seven points. So Jesus. I he, said he, did, he said he wanted to... He, yeah, he said he, he, he always, went for what he didn't want. He always so. bets on what he doesn't want to happen. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Emily, you had uh, Verstappen, point... Bottas second, three points. Hamilton third, one point. So you got five points. Well done. Whoa. Um Jesus Christ. I'm beating Carl. I am actually beating I mean, Carl. This is a moment. Other notable <laughs> mentions there. My um, other notable mentions. Um, my mum got three points. Um, there was uh, one other person who joined the prediction league this, this week. He just got a single point. Um, and we got regular contributor to the show, uh, Darren. He got ten points this week. Cheeky! He, he got Hamilton pole, Hamilton win, Bottas second, Verstappen third. The only thing he didn't get was he had fastest lap Leclerc. Which actually, is understandable. You know, yeah, he was like been. fastest retirement. But yeah. uh, <laughs> It was the fastest to go from, like, you know, start to finish. Yeah. He was, yeah, fa- fastest to fuck off his teammate. Um, oh. Yeah, so 10 points for Darren. So um, so for the league then, that puts Darren's winning, Darren isn't it? in the lead with a Jesus. total of 11 points. Um, oh. Hang on. Have I? Can Tom do maths? This is the question. Uh, I mean, it's not math. Have to go and check it's not maths, math. it's spreadsheet. No, he's not in the lead. What? It's the guest predictors that are in the lead because we Ooh. have... We have Statman Sean Kelly got us five points for week one, and Elliot Bermuda's got us seven points for week two, which gives which is twelve points. So Darren's, Emily's, Darren's only on eleven. Emily's so got the guest to do well predictors. This week. Yeah, no pressure. Emily, the guest predictor for this week. So let's go straight into our predictions then for this week. Um, 
I am going to go for something slightly different. Given that it is Hungary, much more of a downforce-driven track, rewards good car setups, I am going to go for a Max Verstappen pole. Um, I think something's going to happen to Hamilton. Uh, he's going to have some kind of reliability issue or something's going to happen. He's going to be out of contention for Saturday, which is going to affect his Sunday race. I mean, so this that's pole, gonna be... there's only three people in it, isn't there? There's only ever well, three people in it. It depends. I mean, if it rains, then anything can happen, really. Um, so I think uh, fastest lap in the race is going to be Valtteri Bottas. Now, the reason he's going to get fastest lap in the race is because he is going to start the race in second position behind Verstappen. They're going to be racing, and then he's going to undercut him, put the fastest lap in, and win the race. So I'm having Verstappen, uh, pole. Bottas fastest lap, Bottas win, Verstappen second, and then Hamilton's going to recover to the podium to finish third. So that's my prediction. Carl? Yeah. Sorry, I'm just thinking about this. Um, right, pole. Pole is Bottas. Bottas? I think he's on a winning streak at the moment with that one. I think, yeah, I, I, I think Hungary might be a wet race as well. I don't know why. That's some weird thing. I've not seen the weather forecast. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ruin, I'm gonna do a thing with bears and basically ruin someone's chances. Nan, um, your boy, for fastest lap. Lando. Nando's, uh, for fastest lap. He's never gonna get it. Now I've said that. So. Well, he's got it fifty percent of the time so far. So form would say that he would get it again. Um. Win for Verstappen. Bottas second. Albon third. Hamilton Ooh. vanishes somewhere. Interesting. I don't know why. I've just got a feeling Hamilton no, might not that's win. That's why it's a prediction. It's all wild, wild guesses. Yeah. Emily? Oh, it's such a biased list, this is. Um, so, I reckon Verstappen on pole. Then Verstappen, Bottas and Hamilton first, second and third. And then fastest lap Verstappen. Hang on, so we've got Verstappen first, Bottas second, was it? Like... Yeah, Bottas second, Hamilton third. And Verstappen fastest lap. Yeah, and Verstappen on pole as well. Yeah, I'd be intrigued. So Emily takes over her points and guest points, doesn't she, this week? Yes. Um, yeah, because she's also so in the league as well. she's got a double. So she's gone yeah. safe. She's gone but, very yeah. safe there, I, I see. Elliot, Elliot uh, obviously had two cracks at it as well yesterday, yeah. so he's he got seven points, total of eight. Uh, yeah. I yeah, think that's... I think Emily's gone safe, um, which I don't blame her for because I think you're right. Well, there is nowhere else safe, to go. Safe would these... be Hamilton pole, Hamilton win. I would say, but yeah, she's gone kind of she's gone kind of favoritism followed by safe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm red for so, Stappy, stappy, stappy. Yeah. Stappy, stappy, stappy. Bot ham. That's what you're going for. Um, yeah, stappy hammy bottom. <laughs> Isn't it? It's a stappy happy bottom. Um, yeah. Who knows? Right. Are we saying goodbye to Emily now? Or are you sticking around, Ems? Um, I don't know much about IndyCar. Let's face it. Although no, nor do I. So join the club. <laughs> <laughs> let's give it a crack. I don't know what anyone's let's called. Give it a crack. No, nor do I. Uh, there's. I. I don't know what the race result is or anything. But I'm guessing, um, what's his name? I can't even think. Um, Scott Dixon. Scott Dixon won the race. <laughs> well, you'll, Scott uh, Dixon or Will Power. Scott Dixon you know, or Will Power. You know, it's um, it's two races. It's a double race weekend for Indy. Okay. Because it was so, uh, Road America Scott 1 Dixon. and 2. 
Scott Dixon, Will Power, one each. There we go. That's my prediction. I That's didn't see prediction. the race. Um, okay. They're, they're the only two races I know um, because they're the only two. One's got a stupid name and one is the best. So... <laughs> Okay, well, let's find out then as we move let's on to out. the IndyCar section of the show. Cool. Uh, Tom's two-minute challenge. Um, not going to bother with the sound effects that put me off before, so I might axe it for next week. Um, right, so race excuses, one. Excuses, excuses. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, race one, Joseph Newgarden started from the front on the rolling start. Hunter Ray passed Harvey for second while, uh, while Power got barged wide. VK did a wall of death around the outside to gain a place. Andretti and Rossi had uh, went went off track and hit banners, and they got stuck around their front wings, and now they had to pit. Uh, Ray Hal passed Hunter Ray for second. Ferrucci barged past Hunter Ray for third as he struggled with balance. Ray Hauer had fuel flow issues in the pits and lost a huge amount of places. Newgarden pitted from the lead, but stalled and lost 12 seconds and five places. He was sitting there punching the steering wheel in frustration. Um, after the stops, Dixon and Power were fighting for the lead. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Told um, you. Harvey calls the first yellow uh, of the race after dropping his car into the gravel on lap 37. Uh, this caused everyone to pit. Dixon jumped Power in the pit stops. O'Ward tagged Connor Daly um, going round the outside and Daly then hit the wall heavily and actually injured his shoulder. They were quite worried about him for the second race. Pagano pushed past O'Ward for ninth. Uh, later, O'Ward returned the favour. Uh, Pagano said that he went off track and should be should be awarded a penalty, but O'Ward, um, O'Ward didn't get a penalty for it. What a shame, poor Simon Pagano. I wonder why McLaren drivers don't like him after he crashed into <laughs> my boy in the eye race. Um, Rossi retired with broken suspension after a collision with Max Chilton. Uh, Dixon held on for a third straight win. Yeah, do it! Uh, interesting, that was third race in a row. That's the first time someone's won three races in a row at the start of the season since 1972, I think it was. Someone did tell me the stat, but it's uh, it's only only two other people have ever done it, one which was um, AJ Foyt, who's like won everything back in the... 70s and 60s uh, I think Zanardi did it once um, but it's it was a really big feat so talking about was... Zanardi have we heard how he's doing no we haven't yeah. haven't heard anything for a while um, I'll keep a look out on that um, so yeah that was that was race one I'll jump straight into race two um, Paso Award started on pole in the McLaren SP uh, so that was um, right. that was interesting. Uh, Connor Daly took the start despite his injury in race one, which is really good to see. A uh, crazy start saw Ray Hal and Hunter Ray and Daly and Harvey all having incidents. Uh, Ray Hal and Hunter Ray were both pushed off the track by Will Power and had to retire from the race. Ferrucci and Power got uh, penalties for causing avoidable contact. Um, and power, uh, and then Power dropped it and drove across all the curbs and launched his car and had to go into the pits. Um, Pelot passed Colton Herter at the restart for second and then Rosenquist jumped Herter for third. O'Ward took the lead from Power, who was yet to make his stop. So Power, despite all that, was in the lead. Uh, a flying, flu, uh, flying Rosencrist went uh, past Pelot and was nine seconds off O'Ward and starting to close at a rate of knots. Rosenquist uh, had closed to four seconds, but he lost time in the pit stop and dropped back. Rossi, with some great overtakes, had climbed all the way up to third. Two laps to go, and Rosenquist broke my heart. He overtook O'Ward, and, and, uh, and O'Ward came in second behind Rossi who uh, finally got some luck and finished third. So, almost a McLaren win. 
in only their fourth race in IndyCar. I was gutted. Absolutely gutted. Rosencrest broke my heart. Sounds like a really shitty album. He didn't win. No, he didn't. I was absolutely gutted. I really, I was, I was, I thought for a second they were going to do it because Rosenquist had better ties and had a better strategy and was, was reeling him in. And <clears throat> he looked like he was, um, he was going to pass him. And then he lost, Rosenquist lost four or five seconds in the, in his last pit stop, mm-hmm. which put him about eight seconds back. And I was just like, oh, come on, hold on. But he was catching him over a second a lap with like 12 laps to go. And oh, yeah. it was an easy pass. Um, and he, yeah, award only had to hold out for another lap and a half, but yeah, just he had nothing. He had nothing. Just couldn't get there. Gutted, absolutely gutted. I really thought that was going to um, be McLaren. So win. quite a big few crashes then. Yeah, and I don't know what was going on with Will Power, but he literally <laughs> barged. He barged two people off the track um, on on the first bit, and one of them. This is one thing I wanted to bring up is um, is the. Um, the safety at Road America, I, it just concerned me a little bit, um, given that it was just concrete barriers all the way around. Uh, there was a bit of runoff and, and grass, but I mean, power um, power barged into Hunter Ray. Was it Hunter Ray? Yeah, I think it was either Hunter Ray or Ray Hall. I think it was Hunter Ray. And then Hunter Ray kind of went off onto the grass and then there was a concrete wall sticking out at an angle, which then ripped his whole front suspension off and spun him into the wall backwards right. really hard. And it was a really vicious impact. And if that had been head on into that, then that could have been a really serious accident. Yeah. But it was just all around the track. It was just these concrete barriers, not even tech pro barriers or anything. It just, I mean, IndyCar seem to be leading the way at the moment with, with some regards of safety on the cars, you know, with, with the aero screen and, uh, and the built-in halo to that as well. They're, they really seem to be making big strides, which is great to see. But the tracks don't seem fit for purpose in some areas, so that well, just that just concerned me. Is this another NASCAR track? Uh, no, this is a road road track. A road track, yeah, right. This is Road America. Um, nice track, but it just yeah, it just scared me. To be yeah, honest, yeah. going on the onboards and seeing how close they were to concrete barriers, maybe we just kind of spoiled with how safe the Formula One tracks are with the yeah, techno barriers and, and you know in in runoff areas in and motorbikes and things. Then you know, and yeah, with the massive gravel racing, traps, you know, they're not, you know, they're they're very different. And you know, you do get some brick walls in places. And the the, the problem is, is that a lot of these, I, I think, the IndyCar tracks aren't at the top of, aren't as no scrutinized no, as the FIA tracks. Yeah, well they're mostly road tracks. Um you've got ovals and road tracks and then you've got the odd circuit track as well like um like Cota's on their circuit of the Americas that's on on the uh, on the calendar for IndyCar. Um and the infield circuit at the Indianapolis track is not a street circuit, it's a purpose-built race circuit on the inside of the 500. So yeah. they have some circuit tracks but most of them are street tracks. And yeah, it's and they had fans in attendance as well. Oh, did they? Oh, is yeah. this the first one? Yes, it was. Um, but it just seemed like they had like signs up saying keep your distance and stuff. But there was just there were whole packs of people. I mean, there wasn't a vast amount of people there, but there were people all kind of packed in together in grandstands, and none of them were wearing masks, or very few of them were wearing masks. And then welcome when they went to, to the, America. Yeah, and then they went to the um, the the pundits where they had like Paul Tracy and Lee Diffie talking about the race, and they were all standing, you know, fairly fairly far apart, you know, probably a meter and a half, pushing two meters, no face masks. It's just like really, this is. 
Well, well, F1, especially Sky, are two meters apart. Even commenting on "Go away, go back further," and then yeah, and the masks and, up, and, and wearing no masks, idea. surgical and... masks. The lot of them, they haven't got, they haven't, they haven't got the memo yet that you have to have the really cool masks that all the, the really teams cool have masks now that got. Are useless. They, they keep dropping down. Um, you know that that's the latest one, isn't it? Uh, there's the chin up, we yeah. go. Chin yep. up, we go. Chin up, we go. Every two seconds for anyone to talk. Um, yeah, which but, you know, Sky's still on the surgical mask, but um, but at least they've all got masks. Everyone has a mask and is doing very well. Um, you know, even in Formula One, they, they, there's bits where you sort of went, "Oh, when I know that um, Verstappen and um, Bottas shook hands and things like that, which in mm. theory they shouldn't be doing because they're in different." No, the bubbles. drivers are all in the same bubble. They can. Oh, actually, are they? They can. Okay. They can be in contact. All oh, right, that's all right then. So, but yeah, no one else did and. Um, and it was yeah, it wasn't too bad, you know, and, and well covered. I think America, uh, I think Indy did quite well, and we'll see how it goes on. Bearing in mind this is Indy's third race, fourth race, yes, third, third and fourth race. Yeah. You know that the novelty's worn off, and I do, and I do, and spe- and the whole COVID of the whole COVID thing in America's worn off, full stop. So I do. You, I do what well between either it's worn off or you get mask shamed. It's one or the other. Yeah. Um, but I do wonder as to whether um, that will happen for Formula One or any other sports. Um, I think we, uh, we've got MotoGP starting up soon as well. Um, that's next week, I believe. Um, and and you know, I'd be interested to see whether they're all masking up as well. But yeah, lead by example. Absolutely, and obviously mm. it's not. But you know, I, I had a conversation with a work colleague about you know how what I, you know about IndyCar, and and he was like, "Yep, yeah, well, what do you expect from Middle America IndyCar drivers? They're not uh, IndyCar um, fans. They're not the people to wear masks." Yeah, <laughs> you know. I think it's just it's a bit more of generalization there, thing but as well. yeah, and, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the benefit is at least you know that they're, they're going to get it. And then that's going to be it. You know, they'll be immune, hopefully. And then America may actually recover quicker than other countries, but they'll probably have a much higher death rate as a result. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, this isn't gone. Oh, Sorry, Emily. I was just going to say, I don't know if they've been using less people in the um, pit lanes on the IndyCar, but from watching it at the weekend, it looked to me like they were lacking some of the hands in changing the tyres and that they could have done with two people there to make tyre fit when actually they were only using one and it seemed to put a lot more time into the pit changes than it maybe could have done. But I don't know if that's just because of COVID, they're running less team members or if... Yeah, yeah. it's as far, you know, and also, well, also it's practice sure. for when they're reducing the money. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I'm not sure because um, because IndyCar, the, their pit stops have never been slick like the Formula One ones. And, um, you know, they don't have any rigs or anything. Pit road is always very basic. It's literally just a road. And they even, like, throw the um, throw the wheel guns across the front of the car to, uh, to, to undo the wheels and then throw it back again. It's... Um, yeah. It's it's yeah. very very basic, and you'll never see a sub two second pit stop in, in IndyCar. But they do refueling as well. To be fair, so you know with the refueling, the um, the refueling will take five or six seconds. So there's no need for the tire changes to be less than five or six seconds. But I don't know if that's down to 
like with the pit stops if they if they're reduced on numbers or if that's just what they do anyway because i i think generally the pit stops are always quite long it's slow yeah but indy but definitely in formula 1 they were slower this year as well this well no we we had uh, we had a 2.2 second pit stop at the weekend i mm. know uh, um science's one was long obviously and that may yeah. have been something to do with with changing procedures uh, who knows McLaren have had two slow ones now, actually. But yeah, so I mean, that's the only other thing I had on on IndyCar was I was a bit um, surprised on on how Will Power could have been, despite all the problems that he had at the start, and he got a time penalty as well, and yet he ended up back in the lead in the race. And I know he hadn't had his stop, but he was still like fighting. They were saying he had a chance of getting a top three, and I'm just like, how can he? I mean, it seems like the the difference in pace in IndyCar is, given that it's a spec series, it doesn't seem to be massive. So you'll have whole track, you know, you have people, you'll expect there to be a big gap when actually it's only two or three seconds. Like they said that Scott Dixon dominated the race last week and he won by four seconds. That's a close finish in Formula One. Yeah. So it just kind of... That I I need to understand IndyCar a little bit more before I can get my head around how, because <laughs> the, the results seem to be it's quite random. It's like second race Dixon was nowhere, and all of a sudden he was winning it. Um, yeah. Third race Dixon was kind of further down the order, and then all of a sudden he's winning it. And I know it's all down to strategy, but it it just it didn't seem to add up for me. I couldn't quite figure out how that happened. Maybe it's for a strategy. Sorry. Yawning here. Um, and it's not even night time at this precise second. Late night, anyway. Um, mm. uh, maybe it's more of a strategy yeah. team-based that we never realised. You know. Yeah. We'll have to get um, Stefan back on to explain yeah, to it. re-explain <laughs> some of this stuff. <laughs> re-explain <to us>. some <laughs> of it. There we go. Right. Yeah. Um, should we move on to F... Let's... Or should Probably we do F2 two. or F3? Yeah, let's do F2 first. Yeah. Um, yeah. And go to sleep um, during F3. Yeah. No, the F3 first race was really good, but unfortunately it wasn't very long, which we'll go into in a minute. So the F2, um, double header at uh, Styrian Grand Prix. Uh, the race started behind the safety car with with Markelov spinning out on the way to the grid. This was during the really heavy rain on Saturday. Uh, the red flag was waved as the cars um, after the start because the uh, the conditions worsened and the cars lined up in the pits and waited for conditions to improve. The race eventually restarted and they ran under the safety car for four more laps and then the race finally began. Yuki Tsunoda led and Aitken bagged fourth place right away. Lungard passed Giotto brilliantly with a wall of death around the outside. Uh, as the track began to dry, Schwartzman finally made it past Giotto for sixth. Drugovic's brakes were locked on, which although gave a great picture and was very scary, he had to box. Um, they opened up the cooling ducts in the effort to solve the issue. Schwartzman jumped Eilot at the stops. Tenoda's radio failed and he was out front and uncomfortable, <laughs> but he didn't see his pit boards telling him to uh, come into the pits and so he continued on for an extra few laps and as a result he lost the lead. Schwartzman power passed Joe to take the de facto lead of the race. Tenoda got past Eilot and started chasing down the top two. He passed Joe and had three seconds to make up to Schwartzman. Um, and Lungard made an error and went through the gravel and dropped out, uh, dropped down two places. On a penultimate lap, Schumacher passed Eilot for fourth and Tickton passed Aitken on the last lap for reverse grid pole. Schwartzman held off Sonoda for the win uh, from Joe and Schumacher in fourth. Second race, Lungard jumped Armstrong at the start. Uh, Schwartzman dropped it and retired in the first uh, 
on the first turn, causing a virtual safety car. Sato retired, pulling into the pits with an issue. Tictum and Lungard pulled a gap to Armstrong, and Lungard dived up the inside of Tictum on lap four to take the lead. Snowder broke down on lap two, uh, lap ten, sorry. Uh, Schumacher cleared Armstrong for third place, and later that lap, the fire extinguisher went off inside his car, <laughs> uh, and he had to retire. Um, the action halted um, apart uh, pretty much after that until towards the end of the race uh, as everyone was just nursing their tyres and Lungard came home unchallenged from Tictum and Armstrong. So, so yeah, it was... Interesting. Um, yeah. I mean... I've, oh, I didn't do my um, I didn't do my IndyCar dick of the day in Driver of the Day, did I? No. I'll just quickly jump back to that. Um, uh, driver of the day... Where the... Your driver of the day was Rosenquist for his performance in race two, and dick of the day is Will Power because he was just an absolute dick on track, <laughs> knocking people off. And also but, Rosenquist because he passed O Ward, but officially it's, uh, <laughs> it's Will Power. But anyway, yes, so back to the F2. The um, the driver of the day for me is Sonoda for his race performance in race one. He was imperilous, and due to a radio failure, he, he lost the lead. But um, mm. yeah. He, he was great and um, dick of the day was for race two Schumacher's fire extinguisher <laughs> I knew that really it good, would be it was he so was actually having a really though. good race up to that point but yeah I did oh, feel sorry for him but I also laughed I did but I pissed myself when I saw that I literally weed myself a little bit it was yeah. so funny wow thanks um, for sharing Carl yeah <laughs> it was a bit um it was just, it was just so random as well. You just thought, what yeah, the hell's well, he got all over him? Oh shit, it's exploding. It's, it's, it's in the regulations. You're not allowed to race unless you've got a functioning fire extinguisher in the cockpit. So even if he yeah. had carried on, he would have been disqualified. Yeah. But I was just like, bless him. Like such a random thing to have. Yeah. To... I mean, it's not the first time. It happened to Arthur Markle a couple of years ago as well. So it's, yeah. um, it has happened before. But, so um, definitely a, a inherent issue with those cars. Just yeah. bad luck, really. Unless he knocked it with his foot or something. It's probably just in the wrong place or something. Isn't yeah. It, you know. But uh, apparently yeah. Schumacher's average. I, I thought he was shit, but apparently he's average. He had two good races and you know, through no fault of his own, yeah, he retired. Yeah, but uh, average does not mean you get an F1 seat. No, no, not at all. I completely agree And that's agree what, you. you know, and Shinoda and... I was um, harsh on and Shinoda. Shinoda, Joe... Um, Tiptum, Tiptum's doing well as well in there. Armstrong, yeah. they're all good drivers. There's no reason for. Oh, who's yeah. the German that won last week? He was also. Um, can't think of his name now. Uh, Lungar. Oh no, you've got. No. Um, Eilert as well is there. Eilert's British. Yeah, yeah you got Marcus so, no, Armstrong, no. Dan Tiptum, Callum Eilert. Uh, yeah, Lungard's anyway. is Swedish. Where is it? Anyway, Schwartz, Schwartzman. Maybe Schwartzman. Maybe it is Schwartzman thinking of. Yeah, but, Schwartzman um, won. He's uh, won one race. Yeah, I mean, they are all very, you know, they're good drivers and they're good, you know, they're, they're, not, the they're above got, Schumacher. They're you've above got Schumacher. Um, Schwartzman and Eilat and Armstrong are all on the Ferrari Young Driver Programme and uh, and they're also with Schumacher and Schumacher's fourth out of the Ferrari Young Drivers quite, quite comfortably. He's 20 points behind Armstrong. Um, he's... Th- 13, nearly 30 points behind Eilat and quite a long way behind Schwartzman. Schwartzman's leading the championship on 48 like, points. You know what, like, if he gets a drive, it's, it is a complete joke. It's just because of his name, name, isn't it? It's purely because of a name and that's a complete joke. Um, he's not showing, okay, he's showing average, but Jesus, average in Formula 2 should not get you to Formula 1. 
in any sense. Um, anyway, yeah, um, yeah. I, I de- definitely I agree with your dick of the day, though. You yeah, know, it was, was harsh just, on Mick, but yeah. you know, I do agree. I know. I, as I said, I was I was a bit harsh on Sonoda because Sonoda's race one was brilliant. He should have won. It wasn't his fault he didn't. And then yeah. race two, you know. A um a mechanical retirement. He it wasn't anything to do with him. I don't so. think Sonoda's awful at all. No, he had he had a bad first race weekend, but second race weekend was good. Yeah. I even in say. the first weekend, race weekend, he wasn't the worst I've ever seen. You know, I I, I think my my review, I just I was pretty scathing of him. His mm. his um you know his first race, he made mistakes, um and then was slow, which is just kind yeah. of. You know, he got no points from either of the first two races. He got no points for the fourth race, but you know, he's seventh in the championship because he got twenty-four points yeah. um, for second place, uh, fastest lap. So, um, let's go to the race. I, d- I so I saw just for clarity. I did see race two of the Formula Two race, but I didn't see the first one. So I only saw the um, what's that? What's that called? Not speedway lap. But anyway. Um, You've got the sprint race and the feature sprint. race. Uh, yeah, I didn't see the feature race. I saw the sprint race. Um, I okay. didn't see any of F3. Um, I've no idea what happened. And I still don't really care about F3, even though I promised I would watch it. I didn't. Okay, well, let's let's see if this uh, if this re- reignites your, your love for Formula 3. Heavy rain. Heavy, heavy rain for. I Formula mean, I did this see. Is... I did see. Sorry, I know, jumping. Um, I did see your, a picture where. You literally saw you could in the picture you saw two cars and then they carried on the video. Four cars were in that space. You just yeah. couldn't see them because of the yeah. rain and fog. Yeah. Anyway, so, sorry. Carry um, on. Yeah. Start of the race. Uh, Vesley led from the start and Zandelli moved up to third. Smolly retired with a broken front wing on lap two. Everyone was really struggling with conditions, sliding off left, right, and centre. Clement Novalak had a puncture which caused a suspension issue, and then that caused a safety car. Conditions worsened behind the safety car because they weren't clearing enough water. Ollie Caldwell made an amazing overtake on Piastri uh, before Fernandez and Stanek spanned simultaneously, causing another safety car. Conditions got worse again, and the race was red flagged. Um, and due to the torrential rain and conditions not looking to improve, they uh, the race was not restarted. So half points were awarded as three-quarters distance had not been reached. Hughes took reverse grid pole. Race two, uh, Matthew Nanini had to pit from the formation <laughs> lap with a with a with an issue. Uh, he started 14 laps down by the time he actually got going. Wow. Pacher took the lead from Hughes at turn one. Um, uh, they went three wide down the straight into turn four, and Lawson took the lead from third, dropping Porcher to fourth. Uh, lap five, Hughes finally takes the lead back. Uh, fifth from 20, fifth to 22nd was separated by six seconds in the dreaded DRS train, with the top five only a second up the road. Novelak launched his car over the curb and slammed it into the ground. He came into the pits to check the car over, but they sent him straight back out with no major damage. Fernandez got pushed onto the gravel by Zandelli and dropped a few spots out of condition. But the following lap, Piestri did the same thing to Zandelli. So that's definitely karma. Lawson <laughs> took the lead back from Hughes. Uh, Peroni took a trip across the gravel, breaking his front wing. And at the same time, his teammate, Sophia Flush, was also hit from behind by Smolia and spun into the wall. So that's two... Um, oh, what come up with a bloody car there in now. Um, dams? Can't remember now, but yeah, two. Because no one out. cares. Yeah, or Carlin, one of those two. But yeah, both <laughs> both both their cars, the, the orange cars. Two of their three cars are out. 
uh, on the same on the same lap. Uh, race resumed on lap 16. Lawson and Hughes went side by side for most of the lap, but Lawson held him off. Four laps to go, Hughes took the lead, but Lawson took it straight back again under DRS. Hughes tried to take the lead, but Lawson with but Lawson collided with him, and they both broke the suspension and retired. Porcher inherited the lead and finished the race behind the safety car, um, followed by Sergeant and Beckman. So literally, Porcher did nothing to win that race. <laughs> he just sat there in third and watched the two drivers battle out, and then ended up winning because they both retired. Um, for me, driver of the day, uh, Lawson for a great drive, um, but the racing incident that retired him mm-hmm. when they crashed into each other um, wasn't really anything. Well, it was just a racing incident. Um, and Dick of the Day, GP3 regulations, the DRS train <laughs> was just... The boring DRS train. Yeah. Uh, it yeah, it was, it was frustrating because you had, like, as I said, you had 6 to 20 second separated by, like, 10 seconds, mm-hmm. and nobody could overtake anyone because everyone had DRS. And, nice. and it's just basically, if the car at the front of that train is slightly quicker than all the cars behind, then everyone just sits in a line and no one goes anywhere. Yeah. Because everyone's got a performance advantage over the front car, so he can't pull away. Um, but he can't close up on the car in front because mm-hmm. he's out of DRS. So it's like you just have this massive train and no one can overtake anyone. It's just rubbish. Annoying. The DRS train's rubbish. Yeah. Um, uh, I've got... Sorry, I, I should have said this earlier. I've got some other news and bits and pieces that I quickly want to talk about. Um, I'm starting to get really excited about Formula E and uh, Extreme E. So a couple of bits of news is that um, obviously we're a month away from the six races in nine days. Yeah, you're Um, doing that. Of which, of, of which, of which, of which, DS uh, Tashita is currently leading the the, the race. Um, Sam Bird, who is currently in tenth place, um, um, in the uh, Virgin, um, car. He, um, he. There was a thing that came out that he was leaving Virgin, and quite quickly that turned into he's actually just moving to Jaguar, which is going to be an exciting thing because I think Jaguar are. A really good team. They're currently well. Mitch Evans is currently in second place with the Jaguar, the Panasonic Jaguar team. So I think that's going to be really interesting. Um, DS Cheetah, I think uh, Tech Cheetah are going to, you know, wipe the floor this year. Um, I think they're going to, uh, you know, they're not known for being good in Berlin, but, but we are racing on a different track to the last time I believe in Berlin, because um, normally the Audis. Obviously, being German, do quite well there, and the BMWs do quite well there. Um, so I'm expecting big things from Lucas de Grassi um, in the Audi, um, but we'll see what happens there. It is quite interesting. I mean, Sam Bird is definitely one of my favourite drivers. Um, he just seems to be quite charismatic. He, he was good when he was in GP too. Yeah, he and just, ne- just never had the backing. Well, he never had the backing, and. You know, I I watched a documentary with him the other day, and he has no interest in ever being in Formula One. Uh, so I guess I, Formula I, One's got no interest in him being in it. Yeah, so. yeah. So it's it's a mutual thing. Um, but um, and you know, do, oh, and hilariously, Degrassi's uh, just released a new um, uh, a new uh, championship. Do you know what they'll be racing? What have you heard this one? Nope. Electric scooters. Oh wow! The electric scooter fun. championship. 
otherwise known as ESC, Time to Escape. Um, Emily's eyes just lit up when you said that. It is electric scooter racing. Um, as in the ones that are banned around London. Uh, not little mopeds, like the proper like push scooters. It'll be hilarious. I don't think it'll ever go anywhere, but it did make me laugh. Um, also, um, talking about the E-Series, um, I got... Um, the CEO left um, the Formula E to start up Extreme E. They've been just releasing their car. They're now going to be powered by hydrogen. Uh, the hydrogen generators power hydrogen generators powering the battery cars. Um, so the future is is bright with them. Um, I think it's a really interesting step. Uh, so what is what is Extreme E? So Extreme E is a new series uh, based. Uh, at the moment, it's the Odyssey 21 is their car, which has um, a Williams technology battery, mm-hmm. um, and it's got Spark, Indus- Spark Industries. I hope I've got that right. Uh, oh, I hope it's Stark Industries. No, Spark. I know, it doesn't make me laugh, but I think it's Spark, um, oh, a French company. I thought we could have Iron Man racing. Good. That would be good. I mean, it pretty much is. I mean, it's basically, it's an all-terrain system. Um, they... Uh, What's his name? The, oh, my brain's gone dead again. Uh, the guy, um, Block, Ken Block, raced last year's Dakar, uh, last, raced the last stage of last year's Dakar in the Odyssey 21 car, which is this new car, came third. The first right. time to get that high in a battery-powered car. The Extreme E is... Do you remember the old days of Rallycross? Yeah, it's going to be like that, but in the Amazon or in the Arctic. Or oh, wow. basically, there the idea is these teams jump on on a ferry on a boat. They've got they've called the Saint Helena, or Saint Helena, as um, the boss, as the CEO is meant to calls it, because um, he can't pronounce Helena. Um, but the Saint Helena, um, and that will then transfer around the world and that'll be the base for everyone. And they are looking at uh, one, the first race is in Senegal um, and the next race is going to, uh, one of the races is going to be in um, the Amazon. One's going to be in the, um, I think in Greenland. Um, so, you know, real, the batteries will, the batteries and the, the technology and the cars will be pushed between you know, 50 degrees C and minus 20 degrees C using the same car and the same battery. They're not going to change any of that. Um, so it's going to be a really interesting series. Also, what's interesting is they've gone for a 50-50 split on male and female races. Oh, wow. So there is so the men and the women have complete, you know, there is complete equality in it. Um, and, and so that's an interesting sort of, thought you know um so they will be racing each other think... uh, a couple of um, couple of races have been released uh yeah. i know two women have but i can't remember their names um but um you know they're gonna be it's gonna be an interesting series uh and i believe and channel four just had a documentary like the first of a three-part documentary uh, a couple of weeks ago on the formula um and there's a whole load of stuff on extreme e um on youtube and it is really fascinating things they're they're doing a lot of environmental studies as well in the places so wherever they race they're going to do environmental studies um so you know the the e the formula e the extreme e series is are looking really exciting um and you know i think 
these series will be the future. I think they'll be really interesting to watch. Um, and it's only a matter of time before they really, really get going. Um, and, you know, it'll be, you know, Formula E is in its fourth year now. Uh, and it's and we've got another generation of car coming next year, as far as I'm aware. Cool. Uh, well, what, I think batteries... definitely watch that space for them because that, yeah. that might be interesting. But the extreme E, uh, you know, I love. You know, everyone knows I love my four by fours and my, you know, the amount of that I've had and and my off road stuff. So I think that'll be, and especially with Ken Block involved, even as a personality status, I think will be really interesting. Interesting. Well, we'll definitely... I think if we're going to start looking at electric scooters, then we need to start looking at lawnmower racing as well. Ooh, yeah. I've said this. I keep saying there's lawnmower. There is lawnmower racing, but yeah. you know, uh, there is I'm not happy. much at the minute. Sadly, I just checked, and they're still struggling to set races up. Oh. But there are lawnmower associations in the UK and the US, so it's clearly a wise concern uh, that yeah. we should be looking at. I think so. I think. I, I mean, I will be following the scooter because it is. It's just hilarious. It's just making me laugh. I mean, the, the, you should watch the video. The way they show the video is we're all in Tron. And we're mm. playing... We're, we're, we're Tron on scooters. It is hilarious. I'll send you the video. Um, and we can put it on our um, Insta shite and all the socials, I'm sure, because I think it's worth sharing because it's going to be interesting. I think just the idea of adults on scooters is something that made me laugh a lot when I was in London. Yeah. <laughs> but also, in my head, this looks like the opening sequences to Matilda the Musical. <laughs> <laughs> when I grow up! Um, oh. oh, when I don't exactly. grow up. Exactly. Um, yeah. I'm going to be... Uh, yeah, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I, there we go. We, we've managed to get Matilda in. Um, and I there's your title, some, Tom. Managed to get some everyone talk everyone talking about Jamie in there as well. Yeah, well there you go, Tom. You can <laughs> um, <laughs> there you go, Tom. You can have uh, when I grow up as your title because when okay. I grow up, when Charles Leclerc grows up, he might be a racer. When I grow um, up, I will not hit my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. All right. Well. Okay, so I think mostly wraps us up for this week. If you get yeah. your predictions into us, please, there's still plenty of time to join in. Um, just um, there's still there's still people like Carl I haven't got a lot of points yet, so you can still right. easily after a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, so yeah, get get your predictions in uh, through the socials at Monkey Seat Pod or email them to monkeyseatpod at gmail .com, or go on the website and you can submit direct on the website. Um, Get involved with us in just general conversation as well through for all the usual means. Thank you very much to Emily for joining in today. Thank uh, you. Really appreciate you, Thank you stepping in and being the pay driver. Um, and we look forward to seeing um, how how wrong your predictions are next week or how right they are. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Um, <laughs> Thanks for the vote of confidence. The, safe, always, the safety bets. Yeah. Uh, so um, I think that's it for this week. So we'll just say goodbye. Bye. Night. 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 Love you.